Waddle and Sylvie in for Cap and Jay Hood. Hoodie had uh, Arch Madness in St. Louis last night. And uh, Cap is in Vegas. It's our honor and privilege to fill in for the boys today. If you want to uh, weigh in, it's 332 3776. Uh, we had a short show today, or we're scheduled to have a short show. There's Sox Baseball this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Sox and Reds. Sox and Reds. So, Bleck and Tyler will be in for us. I'm guessing around 4.30, 4.45. Well, be it, ready for like 3.45 because these games go quick. These games are quick. They're two and a half hours the way things are going these I days. I still can't understand those. I mean, to each their own. Um We've had a couple of people that called and I think made a pretty good case for wanting things to remain the way they were, but not my choice. I love what Major League Baseball has done. Um, throw it, catch it, throw it, catch it. I told you yesterday there was a game, the, I believe it was the Pirates and the Yankees, and the Yankees relief pitcher struck out the side or struck out a batter in 20 seconds. 20 seconds struck out a batter. Do you want all green lights when you go uh, I do, uh, yes. on your Camille? Yeah. Well, that's what baseball's doing now. Yeah, giving you green there, lights. There's less red lights yeah. on your on your base. That's all it is. Yeah. It, it It's the same commute. Yes. It's the same miles. You are driving the same distance. You're going 27 outs. You're going nine innings. You're just having less red lights. You're there's less red, stop and go, there, there's, go there's, traffic. There's less stoppages. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get anybody complaining about it. It's all about action and less stopping. So, so it's just, all for me. It's all for me. When we get into it more, because um, we've we've sort of this is going to be a topic and it's going to continue to be. The and, and other shows have talked about it. I and I've always been a fan of this. I I think it's an antiquated rule, a rule for the seventies back in the day. Uh, I I want I want beer served all nine innings. There shouldn't. I think it's a dumb rule where there's. Uh, let's let's put stop. Let's stop serving beer in the seventh, so people need to sober up. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, there are bars outside. There are first of all, there are bars in the stadium that you're allowed to go to after the game to continue drinking in every stadium. Do you want to go to the Captain Morgan Club at Wrigley Field after the game? Hell yeah. To, to continue to liquor up? Yes. You know what do I want to do? I want to go upstairs and make some wagers in the sports book in out the, there. In the bar at the, the DraftKings Sports Lounge? You bet you your can ass. do that. Like, you want to go to every bar outside of Wrigley Field? You want to go to any of the bars at Guaranteed Rate? Guaranteed Rate's got its own bars there where you can go to. It's just the concession stands Is that, that somehow, some way have this cutoff of the middle of the seventh inning. Let's let's so there's less time now to drink. Let's let's serve beer through the night. Which is the more hollow rule, that one or the one that you can't gamble on colleges in but the that, state of that's, Illinois? That just doesn't make any sense. We're going to get to the local kids. We're going to get to the local kids. What is the theory behind stopping beer sales? Is that it's going to help you sober up? Is that what it is? I, I, I but think, like you said, it's only in the stands, right? If you want to go, it's only in the stands. Like go the United inside. Center. Yeah. The United Center. I'm going Sunday. So in the United Center again, there are many of these other bars, the brew pub. I don't know what they call it these days. After the game the- ends, like after they cut off in the third quarter, whenever they cut off now in a basketball game. That brew pub. You know what Yurko and I did? We just went into the Carver and got ourselves a sandwich yeah. and drank in there. It's so weird. Like, you you can't, they won't let you bring it out to the stands, but you want to go get liquored up in there? You can. 
It's a rule, I think, that just makes them feel better. It's weird. Them. It's weird. Yeah. So speaking of the Bulls, uh, the, the, the um, Suns are in town. It's going to be an interesting game tonight with KD now. Um, he had a pretty good game in his first He did. Game. By the way, before you get to the con- the conversation about Vooch and Pat Bev, did you do any more? You were, you did a great, you did some great research yesterday with regard to winning percentages for players who had played over 500 games. You asked us to give you a homework assignment. Did yeah. you, did you complete it? I did not because, um, because you just, uh, you don't well, do homework. Was, well, no, it was after hours and, and then we had a quick turnaround and, okay. Jacob Nitzberg, so what Waddle's talking about, I did dinner over the weekend with a big Bulls fan. My friend said to me, where do you guys think Zach ranks as far as winning players? Like, I think amongst Bulls fans, many people think that he's, quote, not a winner. He's labeled as not a winning player. Can score the ball, but you don't win games with him. With Zach. So my buddy said to me, what, like, if you would judge all the players with wins, where does Zach rank? So I went to Jacob Nitzberg, who works for ESPN Stats and Info. He's based in Chicago, and he's a guy that we rely on with a lot of the stats. And I emailed him. Let me pull it up here. I gave this on the show yesterday, and you could call in and if you guys... And admittedly, you said, look, th- uh, there are some... This isn't an exact science, but the message is the message. Is this fair or not? Is this a fair or not stat? Like, we always talk about quarterbacks, and we always say, how many rings do these quarterbacks have? Dan Marino has none. Dan Marino has none. Uh, Drew Brees only got one. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre only got one. When Manning only had one, Peyton only got one. Then he got the second one in the sidecar as with the noodle arm. But, like, like... LeBron and like Michael, we compare how many titles or like we always dictate in the equation of a player's worth wins or championships, playoff appearances, playoff series wins. We all know that Zach has not he's only been to the playoffs once. He's only won one playoff game. So as part of the team. Right. Right. And now, again, Part of it is luck on the team that you land on. But then you start growing as a player, and you can dictate where that team ends up you're going. A bi- as a max player, you're a big reason why you win or lose games, because the focus is on you quite often. So I gave this out yesterday. I, I emailed Jacob Nitzberg, and I put the parameters on this, because I thought this was pretty fair. 500 games played. Because I want, I didn't want this to be a freak stat. Like um, this is it, a large sample size. Think I wanted, about it. Right, I wanted this to be a big sample size amongst veteran players. Tyler looked this up. That means there are over a hundred players in the NBA who fit this bill. This isn't like a small a group of players. This is still a large group of players, and this is a lot. This way, I can't say that. Oh, uh, he's only played a few seasons, so. You know, he could work his way out of a rebuild. You know what I mean? Absolutely. This is guys in the league currently who have played at least 500 games, and there are over 100 of those guys who fit that criteria. Yes. Um, And so I asked, Zach Levine's winning percentage, where does that fit in amongst other players in the NBA, active players who have played at least 500 games? My first guess to you was bottom 25%. Yes. And Zach Levine, we found out, as I gave the boys yesterday, has the worst winning percentage in the entire NBA. 
the worst winning percentage in the entire NBA. Um, th- this I gave this at the beginning of the week, so he's played two games, he's won one, and he's lost one, or he's won a couple here, I think, since then. Well, what would they do in that? They're two. They're three and one since the All Star break. This is uh, in the last two. What they do in the last two? They beat one Detroit one. one and one. So yeah, yeah. he's won one and lost one since then. Yeah. So he had a, a, a he has a three sixty four win percentage in five hundred thirty five games. Here, uh, Alex Len is second worst. Gorgie uh, Jang is um, third. third worst. Buddy Healed is fourth worst. And wouldn't you know it, Vooch is fifth worst. He's played over 800 games. And he has a winning percentage of a 400, 40% win total. Uh, Zach Levine's win percentage is 364, about 36%. So, again, with the admission that this isn't an exact science because this isn't an individual sport. You play on teams, sometimes you're on a good team, you're on a bad team. But the message is... The message is, is he's not a winning player. The also message is, should we be surprised that uh, Big Three made up with two of the players in the Big Three who are amongst the losingest active players in the league? Should we be surprised that they are massively underachieving? It's an amazing message. It is. Again, I, you can some can pick it apart. You know, Vooch was in, in Orlando. It wasn't his all his fault that that team wasn't better. They didn't put a lot around him. But the theme here is, is here are guys that have put up some numbers. But those numbers, while they may be eye-popping, have not led to the teams they've played on to win more than they've lost. In they're, fact, they're, they've lost significantly more than they've won. They're certainly not win because of players. And and I'll, I'll, I'll do also in the next... I'll, I'll email when, we, when we're done with the show. I'll email... Nitsburg as well about DeMar DeRozan. But I believe DeMar DeRozan, with all of his Toronto years, has a very has a pretty damn good winning percentage. Yes. And his first year with the Bulls, wouldn't you know it, they turned it around with his addition. The one year that, that Zach Levine actually won was the year that DeMar DeRozan was added to the mix. A lot of people love to bash DeMar that he's a ball stopper and, and this and that. Um, but but they actually won big with DeMar DeRozan last year. Um, Early on. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the year in, in totality. Yeah, they won one playoff game. So, I mean. Right, right, right. As a whole. Right. What they actually accomplished. Yeah. So, here's the other point. Vooch was upset. Joe Cowley wrote the article of Patrick Beverly. That Patrick Beverly, if you missed it, in midway through the fourth quarter, was very vocal. Patrick Beverly does everything. What's the word? He's charismatic. He's very gestury. Demonstrative. Demonstrative is the word I'm looking for. Demonstrative. Yes. He got blown by. So Pat Beverly, as people always point out, doesn't guard the way he used to guard. Um, he got blown by. Vooch wasn't there to help. He, like, basically ignored. Neither guy did their job. And then Pep Everly came by and was demonstrative. Vooch, you got to be here moving his hands. Vooch didn't like it. And you could see in the moment that he didn't like it. DeMar had to get in between them. And then Cowley wrote an article that Vooch hasn't been happy with the finger-pointing going on amongst the Bulls this year. And then they even cited Goran Dragic earlier in the year, pointing out that they don't play for each other 
as a team. So these are two players, veterans, Beverly and Dragic, who have been around the block. Who obviously deal with things in a different fashion. One is demonstrative, the other is more low-key. But they didn't play much, or they were new guys on the team. And really, like, Dragic didn't play much here. And, like, what? how much can you say is the new guy? Is it fair or foul to point that out? Is Patrick Beverly in the right to point it out? Or does Vooch have the point that he's getting shown up? Like, to me, that this team needs that. This team has underachieved. Yes, these things need to be addressed. I think Vooch, you know, look, Vooch can go to Pat Bev and say, I I get your point. But with me, it works better if we just have a conversation and still standing on midcourt and pointing the finger and yelling at me. It's the delivery of the message. It's not the message. Sometimes the delivery of the message is the thing that creates more uh, friction. All right, so Courtney's going to come up and join us from the combine. Here's what I want to know from our Bulls fans out there. Two questions. Is the stat on, on Vooch and Zach Fair about them being amongst the losingest active players in the league? Does that speak to them? Is that a fair stat? And then also, how much can a guy like Patrick Beverly say to Vooch as far as uh, pointing him out? Is that fair or not fair? Three three two three seven seven six. And Courtney joins us next. Okay, it's about that time. You're tuned in to the Cap and J Hood Show. Everything ain't hardcore, you know. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Keep your beak out of this. Courtney Cronin, National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. I think you have to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo. Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storylines. Team transcendent quarterback Ross is not this guy. You know, he's very legacy conscious. He wanted to go to Denver and build something and win a Super Bowl there. Courtney Cronin with Kevin J. Hood on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home that's right, Waddle and Sylvie in for Captain Jay Hood. Courtney Cronin at the Combine joining us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Courtney, before I get to uh, football, I want to throw you a curveball because I know how much you uh, you love the Bulls. And um, <laughs> you also, like me, have been super, super frustrated by watching the Bulls. I gave a stat out last night and then we, we gave it out again today. Um, Zach Levine is amongst active players who have played at least 500 games in the NBA. That's over 100 players. He has the worst winning percentage in the entire NBA in that category. A, does that surprise you? And B, is that a fair stat to measure a player? Does it surprise me? No. Is it fair? I mean... I guess it's just like the context of his entire career and like the injury and like the last two seasons and how you measure that versus like the contributions he's made to his team, right? That makes sense. Like I guess if you're if you're looking at it through that lens, it's an unfortunate outcome for him because he is such a great player when he's healthy and when he's playing, but in totality the team's been all over the place. They can't hold a lead. And I think a lot of that has to fall on your star player that you paid a boatload of money to last year. And to add to this conversation, Sylvie found out that Vooch ranks fifth in this category. <laughs> <laughs> they have losing players, Courtney. It's not a surprise that they're underachieving. No, not at all. And I just, I don't, 
that's the thing, like with our hate watching of the Bulls, and I've started to like taper off on this, especially with Combine Week. I know free agency will just kill any sort of semblance of, you know, a life that I have, but uh, to be able to do things like watch the Bulls. But I just, what, what's the end game here? You know, when they, when they trade for Beverly, he comes here and it's, you know, it's, it's a blip on the radar. I thought Vooch is the one who said it perfectly, that the, the way they were playing defense was not sustainable. And you've seen that over the last couple games, that everything regresses to the mean. And this is a team that's probably going to have to, at the end of the season, ask themselves a tough question about how much longer they want to continue to try to push this thing through as is versus, you know, unloading and offloading some of their pieces. All right, I'll save you both the angst of Bulls conversation and segue to football. Uh, the uh, the quarterbacks have reported to Indianapolis. What can you tell us about what's going on with that position? Yeah, so Bryce Young looks uh, exactly like we thought he would, and I think he handled the questions about his size and you know what does it mean in translating to the NFL, durability concerns. He handled it as well as he could. So he was eloquent. He you know didn't deflect on any of these questions, but. He said he'd been this size his whole life, so I don't really know what more you can ask from him uh, as he's trying to you know, get around some of that, but he won't be throwing on Saturday. That's the only thing that I think is tough when you're trying to gauge how he stacks up against the Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, like, you know, what they all look like side by side. But again, we'll get a chance to see him at his pro day uh, in, in Alabama in a month or so. But I'm, I'm really curious to see what Anthony Richardson looks like in the workouts and what he looks like you know, in front of these coaches throwing uh, tomorrow to receivers because there's a lot of buzz around him. There was at the beginning of the week, and I feel like it's almost at a full-on conversation around where Anthony Richardson could end up jumping to, you know, jumping up the draft order because I don't think he's, if you're looking at the four quarterbacks, he's not fourth anymore. So I think there could be some jockeying of positioning in the draft order based on kind of what we've learned this week about how teams feel Anthony Richardson can play at the next level. All right, so uh, I guess yesterday Will Anderson ran a very good 40 time, and prior to that, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh knocked it out of the park as well. What were some of the highlights, or what is the buzz coming out of Indy after yesterday's workouts? Yeah, the Northwestern defensive lineman was blazing fast. Uh, Brian Bercy had a really good workout yesterday. I was actually in the the area designated to the media inside Lucas Oil to get to watch him go through his you know, 40-yard dash, the wave drill, the whole thing. He really impressed a lot of the scouts that I had a chance to run into last night. And, you know, Will Anderson, seeing the measurables alone are really impressive. And I know one person I ran into last night talked about the 40 time, and that's not a bad number, but, like, it wasn't his best, and he didn't rerun it. So whether teams are going to think, oh, well, he doesn't have that competitive edge, I don't know if that's, like, actually going to happen. But he's, for, for a defensive end class that just, shined yesterday through and through everybody that you saw had a pretty good day overall I think he's at the top of that group and so if you're Chicago trying to figure out hey he's talented enough to just be deserving of the number one overall pick if we don't get the offer we want can we turn this thing into let's sit at number one and take the player we want I think that's a conversation they're going to have to have with themselves Uh, what group is is in today who works out is it wide receivers and tight ends Yes, and so they like we're going through it right now. I've got a couple more quarterbacks talking this morning, uh, and then there's you know wide receivers, uh, tight ends coming through. So that'll be the group today. I think those workouts start at three, and then quarterbacks go tomorrow. So that's the that's they changed it this year. They used to be earlier in the week, and now 
there, the primetime uh, event here in Indianapolis. And all the top prospects supposed to work out and run? I think so. I mean, we know that, like, with CJ, uh, with uh, Bryce Young, he's not, he's, you know, the only quarterback right. that we know so far that's not working out. But I think Jackson Smith and Jigba said he will be running the 40 here. That was a bit of news that came out of his interview this morning. But everybody else seems like it's status quo. They'll be working out. Okay. What did you make of CJ Stroud's uh, quote where he said uh, he ain't, no, uh, he was talking about uh, uh, if Fields. he wants to play with the Bears, yeah. And he says about Justin Fields, he said, uh, he ain't no damn running back. He's a quarterback. He can sling it. I don't want to go there. That's Justin's team. I mean, I think it's, you know, an Ohio State guy to another Ohio State guy looking at the situation and seeing that he wants his teammate, his former teammate, to succeed. And, you know, that's one thing we really don't talk about all that much. You know, Fields is has a chance to sort of rewrite the script on Ohio State quarterbacks in a way that Dwayne Haskins was not able to do. He was the last one drafted before Fields in the first round. And I think that, you know, for C.J. Stroud, that's going to be his chance to do the same. But, you know, the guy that's, you know, been in the league two years before you is on his way to doing that, and he's already impressed a lot of people. And I thought the comment about he's not, you know, not a running back, that's, you know, it's pretty obvious. But, like, for some reason, there's still that notion around Fields that, that might be where his game levels, like that's where it might be where he taps out. And I just don't believe that. And I think that his teammates, those that he's played with before, they know that, especially the ones at Ohio State who saw him win from the pocket on a consistent basis. And they can speak to that probably better than most people can in Chicago because we just haven't seen it there yet. Anything else, Courtney, that we need to know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just been an intriguing week. And I'm curious to see, we still don't have much on the Jalen Carter situation. So we know that he was back here yesterday doing his interviews. Uh, he did not work out, and he wasn't going to work out. That had nothing to do with the arrest that came earlier in the week. He's somebody who will do, you know, he'll run at his pro day. He'll do all that stuff down at Georgia. But there really isn't any resolution outside of the fact that, you know, people I've talked to the last couple nights, you know, the teams are doing their research, and this is the time that it actually works out in their favor where this happens now, and they don't have to, you know, be on the clock like the you know all the teams were with Laramie Tunzel in trying to figure out, you know, is this information accurate? How are we vetting it? So I think for the Bears, for other teams coming out of the combine, they now will have more answers to a lot of questions we had earlier in the week. And hopefully we'll find out soon how that's going to affect his draft stock and what teams feel like where he's going to fall to. I don't think he falls out of the top 10, no matter what new information comes out. Interesting. Courtney, great stuff. Uh, continued great work. All right. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks, guys. Take there care. You go. Courtney Cronin on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Uh, let's go to Matt and Stream One. Matt, you're on with Waddle and Sylvie in for Cap and J Hood. What's on your mind? Hey, Waddle and Sylvie, thanks for taking my phone calls. Two things. Waddle, you brought up the point that if the Bears are stuck at number one, it's best to take a quarterback. Does that mean from you, like, what you're thinking is that? If they draft Bryce Young, the best quarterback on the board, they just compete and wait for one of the teams to come get him when one of the quarterbacks go down, or is it just actually both of them just be on the roster? It, no, two, it's – it's, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Uh, and two is I, I saw the Bears did meet with that Tyree Wilson, uh, the defensive end from te- uh, Texas Tech. Yeah. Is that something I, – I know they met him twice, and they only met Will Anderson once. Is that just smokescreen from Ryan Poles to just saying that, hey – we might be going down and that we believe that Wilson will be available um, in like the five to eight range. I don't, you know, I I wouldn't make too much of any of it at this point. I'll just the second thing you mentioned first. 
I think this is going to be a deep group of edge rushers, or at least there seems to be a, a pool of them that guys are excited about, which would lead me to believe then if for whatever reason you don't get Will Anderson, there's no reason to use the first overall pick on him, that you may be able to find quality, whether you're drafting at four or six or eight or nine or wherever it is, you may be able to find an end, you know, a defensive end or an edge rusher that can actually, even if he's a tick below Will Anderson at this point, but it can net you a, f- a few extra picks, then that's the path I would go. The point I was making about if, if Ryan Poles stays at one and uses the first, the number one overall pick on a player instead of trading it, what I said was, that would be, to me, I would be willing to bet you if they're going to use the pick, they'd use it on a quarterback because they fell in love with a guy. I don't expect that to happen. My point is, is I don't expect them to you, keep it. You're one. not telling them to do that. I'm you're not, not saying that that's no, what you would do. No, I'm telling you if they use the first overall selection, to me, the only scenario where they would do that and it would make any sense is if they fell in love with Bryce Young and felt about Bryce Young the way that Todd McShay feels about Bryce Young. That he's a mini Mahomes. I don't believe that's the route they're going, but I also don't believe they're going to keep the number one overall selection. That okay. was point All right. If you want to weigh in on the uh, Bulls topic that we had about, is it too early for Patrick Beverly to call players? Does Vooch have a point that uh, he's getting called out and it's not fair by a, a new guy? Uh, that he's getting shown up. And then the Friday Folder, which is brought to you by ETI School of Skilled Trades, coming up next. Here's today's headlines Headline. with Captain Jay Hood. And these headlines brought to you by Pat Boyle. The Blackhawks continued their sell-off, sending Max Domi to Dallas for a second-round pick. And as I told you earlier, a journeyman goalie whose name I can't pronounce. They now have 14 Try picks it. in the first Try two it. rounds. Okay. Anton Kuboden. They now have 14 picks in the first two rounds of the next three drafts. They lost uh, 5-2 to Dallas last night at the UC. Also, uh, Kaner debuted for the Rangers last night. Four shots, no goals, no assists. It was a minus two, uh, and the Rangers lost 5-3 to uh, Ottawa. Uh, also, the White Sox and Cubs both won yesterday uh, in spring training action. Marcus Stroman struck out four over two in the third innings in a 6-1 win over Oakland. Larry Garcia had a two-run home run, helping the Sox beat Colorado 6-4. to And the Bulls are back tonight. Only the Bulls. They host uh, the Suns. Kevin Durant is expected to play for Phoenix tonight. Those are your headlines. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Captain J. Hood experience. We're here weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Hello. Chicago. Good morning, man. Cause it's Friday. It's time for the Friday Folder. And you ain't got shit to do. On the Cap and Jay Hood Show. That's right, the Friday Folder. This is like Wild's World. What? This is the Rockford Files. Rockford Files. Where are you? I think Mitch and Bartlett sent me something about this. I think he told me like 2B TV has it now. All your episodes. Of course. What do you mean, of course? Did you know that? Oh, yes. I have like I have a a CD collection. A DVD. CD. I'm sorry. A DVD collection of all of the episodes. You do? Yeah. You still use the DVD? No, I don't. Yeah, but I, I have them in case I need them. <laughs> Friday Folder brought to you by ETI School of Skill Trades. Jay. All right. Well, Tom Waddle's in the house. That means 
We have to quite literally break open the, the Friday folder. Or Friday? Yeah, you've got the Manila folder here, the literal Friday yeah, folder with all of the leftover Waddles World. What I gave a great them to you. Combination. I know. Okay, so this is from your segments. folder. Okay. Some of them, yes. We I gave a couple of them to yeah. Shay. We quite literally have the Friday folder. So how about we start with this? Japan just found seven thousand islands it didn't know it had. Duh! How can, what do you mean? How could that be? They, how could you all of a sudden now in uh, 2023? Their geologists aren't great. They're mapologists. Hey, we have 7,000 extra islands. Yeah. Digital mapping by Geospatial Information Authority of Japan recently found there to be 14,125 islands in Japanese territory, more than double the figure of 6,852 that had been in use since 1987. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, though, Sylvie. Like, look, I, you're not very good at I, I wouldn't think you're... you're your defense department is doing their job either. I mean, if you need to protect your land and you don't even know where your land is. It's like, it's it's understandable that we're still discovering new planets and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. far away. Yeah. Like, yes. your own island, you right. should know. Yeah. There Shame on no, Japan. There is no international agreement on how to count islands. What are, what are, so who's who are counting they, who islands? Are they, who are they bickering with with regard to whose islands they are? Nobody. They, right. just, they weren't properly counting them. You know what? I'm going to claim one of them. Be cool to have you. There yeah. was there was an like. That's what would you call your island? World. What was it? What was it? What'd you say before? Was something in piss? See now, now you're putting you me on the spot, and I'm not going to know. Yeah. What was it? Rockets, not and, rockets, not rockets and, piss. and piss Island. Yeah. Like there used to be one of these house hunter shows for islands. Did you ever see that back in the day? I don't where know you could if it's go still buy your own island. Yes, it yeah. was like island hunters. Yeah, where they would go on like a prop chat, one of these prop planes, and they would go and I'll take, take these this rich one people and that one, but not that one. And they would show these rich people a different island that they could go either build a house on or a hotel on. Well, I would advise. It was so cool. I would advise those people to go to Japan because you can get one of those for free. It seems like. You just got to lay claim to it. This was Name your island. Name your island. All right, how about this? Cryptocurrency company accidentally transfers $10.5 million to Australian woman and doesn't notice for seven months. What would you do? Would you keep it? Well, what, what is that and what's the rule? What do you mean, what's the rule? What's the rule in does life? She, does she have to return it? Uh, this is the question you and I debate all the time. Whether it's a $100 bill on the street or someone accidentally parks two and, or ten and a half mil in your accounts, finders what's keep, the right thing to well, do? The, the old school rule is finders keepers. Okay, so the old school rule, you're going to cash in $10.5 million worth of crypto. Oh, my God, someone made a mistake. What if then they sue you and they want their money back? I guess there are laws here. There are. Yeah. Uh, there was a default judgment issued. Crypto.com sued the person who received the money, and the uh, they were awarded. So the money will go to Crypto.com. Of as course, well as, it was theirs. As well as interest in the amount of $27,360. Yeah, you that, don't that, get to raise well, your hand in court, buddy, and go, finders keepers. Well, that's BS with the interest. I mean, not that it's their mistake. They were processing a $100 refund, and I guess fat-fingered it into $10.5 million. Fat, fat finger. Like they, That's an awful fat finger. If she would have returned it right away, how much of a reward would she have been given? That's how, a great question. Instead, she bought a $1.35 million house. Oh, so she was spending it right she away. She sylvied it. Now, how long do you wait until you start spending it? 
Like, boy, that's a that's a tough one. Like, I don't know, but you're that's... always looking over your shoulder. You don't. You return it and say, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. you all made a mistake." Yeah, yeah, obviously. Can you see Sylvie in court? He does this. He's in court. Judge says, "Mr. Silverman, what do you have to say for yourself?" Finders keepers. Yeah, I was taught in second grade: finders keepers, losers weepers. Get out of my court. Get out of my courtroom. What, what amount of money is small enough, though, that you don't report it? Like ten and a half million, it's too much. Somebody's okay. coming to find ten you this. and a half million. And Shay, this isn't. I'm just trying to, you know, say to you and he's and a Jay, gooder. Ah, you be quiet for a second. This is not just me just pimping this. You know, I'm a great guy thing yes, and saying, is. hey guys, listen to me. This is who I am. I was at the CVS in my my where I live, and they gave me too much cash in the cash machine. Close. But I walked over to the cash machine and I was trying to take some cash out of the cash machine and there was a 20 laying in the tray. What did you think? What do you think I did? You took the 20. I took the 20 and gave it to the cashier. It wasn't oh, my 20. Like I would keep the 20. That's like finding a $20 bill on the ground. Of course you are because you're human. But Waddle is a do-gooder. I can't can I know Does that make me inhuman? Let's, then, give him, uh, let's give him a put up. That's a lot of integrity from Tom. And Watt. then he likes to tell people how good of a person that he is. That is bull. I don't just tell people that randomly. In the context of this story, is where it came out. Listen, don't besmirch me because it makes you feel better about yourself because you keep other uh, people's I, belongings. I, I don't feel good about myself. Yeah, here, mud in your face, seven 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 on Twitch. Then the cashier put it in their pocket. Okay, that's on them. That's on them. Our world is filled with horrible people who do horrible things. Except for me. I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be one of them. I'm a good person. I return the 20. Look at you making fun of me for doing something that's right. Because why? Because you'd stick that 20 in your pocket. Like a human being. Again, I'm with Sylvie. Jay, come on over the top again and help me out with this, will you? I want my blessings, man. So I, I would have did what you did. Thank I would I would have paid it forward, and yeah. I would have gone down like to what? Goodwill, and I would have given the twenty dollars to Goodwill. Battle lines. Have been drawn you don't know show. how to. Where, where, where's Goodwill? Yeah, where's there, your local there's Goodwill? There's a Goodwill uh, down, I believe, on Dundee and uh, you, now you're just Saunders. making stuff. No, yeah. Dundee and Saunders. Okay. Believe, Google it. Let me see if I'm right. Goodwill store. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and Google. All right, Go- here. Google Goodwill store. One last Friday folder Waddles World Edition story. 2,000-year-old penis statue discovered using a metal detector. Really? Because there was a... There was a... Um, an there adult, was a story. An adult toy? Is yeah, the wooden the one. Same Did you thing? see the wooden one? Yeah, this actu- that's actually mentioned in here because yeah. they, apparently they're finding ancient penises. <laughs> And did that one, like, really truly look like a penis? Because <laughs> no, the wooden one, I'll there was... The, I'll show you the photo. It's a penis. Is Metal it? detectorists were in for quite a shock last year when they discovered a small guy. Is it Celtic or Celtic, right? Uh, yes. Celtic figurine that appeared to show the Roman god Mercury holding a giant hinged penis in his right hand. You know, hand. I got to say, this is actually comforting to me. Because it just says that there were degenerates back then just like we are today. All Waddle has to do is look between his legs for an ancient penis. <laughs> Who gave you that one? Did you get that one on Twitch? Does Twitch finally help you out? When you're not battling with the Twitchers? When you're not battling with the Twitchers, you're stealing their humor? That's a good all, one, though. That was all me. That's a good one. By the way, there's a... No, I'm looking at the Goodwill store. And it's made of metal, too. 4131 Dundee Road, Northbrook. Corner of Saunders and Dundee, as I told you. That's where the Goodwill store is. I knew where the Goodwill store is. Right, you drove by it one time. 
now you're ripping me because I knew where it was. What I'm doing with the 20 instead of giving it back to big business. Like big business. Do. I gave it back, hopefully, to the person that would come in and say, hey, oh, my goodness, I left a 20. I didn't get all my cash. When you get your I'm, money out of the I, ATM, don't you count it? I'm going to outdo your goodness with more good no, no. at the you're Goodwill just, store. You're just going to make fun of people who do good things. Because uh, you're an ass. The uh, Cap and J Hood <laughs> cut of the day coming up next. Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back to Cap and J Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. All right, it's time for the Chicago Cut Steakhouse Cut of the Day. Simply the best. David Flom, Maddie Moore going to roll off the red carpet to start your weekend. Nice. Soon the weather is going to be great and that patio is oh, going to be open. That's my favorite spot. But uh, right now, that uh, place is hopping. They're going to welcome you. Uh, and uh, I love that bacon appetizer that they have. That's my must. Yeah. That is absolutely my must. The... Uh, you know, they, they keep talking about that place in Indianapolis that they went to for yeah. the shrimp cocktail. Give me Minor the shrimp, leagues. Yeah, give me the shrimp cocktail at uh, Chicago Cut. I'm with you. Give me that. Uh, the uh, Cap always talks about the lobster uh, cargo. Uh, but then get me the, the filet. I'm a filet guy these days, whether it's the bone-in filet. The way they do their filets, it's the best filet I have ever had. I'll co-sign that. And it cooked to perfection. How about the uh, the seafood ice sculpture that comes your way if you like to sit down and have a crew with you? Yes. Dirty uh, Tito's Dirty Martini to start uh, a glass of flowers with uh, dinner. It's all available. It's there. Chicago Cut Steakhouse. What is the cut of the day? Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut I haven't spent a lot of time in St. Louis, nor have I ever. I guess you can. You've gone into the Arch, haven't you? I have. Yeah. I love. I, I, it's actually fun. I've never been to St. Louis at all. And how could the Arch? How could the Arch be that fun? I did. You put on your cutoff jeans and your Timberlands and a tank top, and then you walk over to the Arch, and then you ride the Arch elevator all at, uh, all morning Not long. That's all morning. the life that's of a person you, in St. Louis. That's what you, you call fun in St. Louis. You look out. You look out onto the mighty Mississippi. People well, in St. Louis looking into the bush, huh? Right. You look into the bush, into the bush stadium. Okay, that part of it, under, I, you know, now it's starting to say, you guys want to go to St. Louis? And you look at the dome where there's no football <laughs> team. Right I'm after in. the show, get yeah. away from the weather, we'll yeah. go to St. Louis and look into the bush. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind St. Louis, you know, it's actually like I'm looking into the bush. Games. Everyone friendly. I've got nothing. I've got they called nothing it the bush. They called it the bush push. Back then, yeah, so I did ridiculous. It. Was there ever a bush push in St. Louis? I don't think so. Push to the bush? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's go. So Waddle's now intrigued now that he heard that. <laughs> you want to go to St. Louis? <laughs> now he's in. I'm not getting in the arch. When you described the, oh, the elevator, would, is, I would I would film that. I would love to see you, you in that. Film it because I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You would never consent. No. Uh, David is in Portage, Indiana. He uh, he wants to weigh in on the uh, the money conversation. Oh, okay. What's up, David? Hey, um, true stories. About ten years ago, um, I was getting ready to go on vacation. I was checking my uh, bank account, 
And just when I went on vacation, I noticed there was $27,000 that wasn't mine in there. And oh, I double-checked my books. Ah, did my wife put it in there? No, no, no. So we can go on vacation, right? And I think, yeah, I'll get a note that it was a mistake. By the time you get back on vacation, it'll all be leveled out. Well, come find out, I got back on vacation a couple weeks later, and it was still there. So I called my bank, and I told them about that. And they said, no, 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 David, you did indeed deposit $27,000 according to our records. I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. And it took me some convincing to tell them that it really wasn't mine. And um, who knows what would have happened if I hadn't called them. So, David, they, they actually at some point realized that it wasn't your money. It was theirs. Yeah, but it took yeah. some convincing. I See, mean, David, you're a quality so, person. Did, you well, get, did they give you a reward? No. Just a lollipop. Yeah, Why would they give the you back, a reward? Nice guy. Well, I mean, yeah. like, like he really had to convince them. He had to twist their arm to take back their money. Sylvie's got a yeah, one one call maximum. He calls you and tells you, "I don't think this is right." And if they say no, it is. That's the end of the story. Right? For you. You're on record. I've I've documented this. You well, told you understand me. it was it was a one call thing, and I said, "No, it's not my money." Wait, and, and the thing is, too. Suppose I spend the money and. One month later, they say, oh, you owe us that money. I mean, I don't want to get into that mess, yeah. you know? David, thanks. You're a good man, we David. Appreciate the you're a good call. man. Hey. hey. You're not. I know. I, 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 quick trigger finger there. You just, you're tired. You want to go home. I'm that tired. I'm not oh, that tired. Okay. I got to work out now. I got yeah. to, you know, Dan Durkin coaches my youngest son's football team. I get to see a Friday flag football game nice. this afternoon. Show because, me, send me some video. I can't go this afternoon, but I will go at some point to watch Braxton play. So this is, he had a pick six last week. Nice. I'm very excited to see him play a little football today. Awesome. So this is good. Hey guys, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. No, thank you. Jay and Shay. It was a nice, nice break from Kaplan today. I enjoyed myself. Well, you guys spent some extra time. Did you guys room together, too? No, no. <laughs> no. They're like the Bears. They never look into their own room. Listen, three hours of Cap stories are plenty. Three hours a day, that was plenty. All right, so we've got Greeny coming up next. Carmen and Yurko, noon to two. White Sox and Reds at two. That's why we were on filling in for the boys today. Then we've got Black and Tyler. On at about 4.30 today. Thank you to Shay Norling and Jay Moore. Courtney Cronin, thank you. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a fantastic weekend and stay safe. Keep on drinking. Keep on trucking. <laughs>